America's broken. That division is undeniable. I mean, racial tension has been alarming over the last five years in this country. We're seeing it everywhere. Lawlessness is abounding. And there are certain days, as you well know, reconciliation between generations, ethnicities, even families, appears to be impossible. And I remind people everywhere I go, government cannot fix us. It has its place, but it cannot fix us. And politics, they can't heal us. And I believe every Christian should at least be aware of what's going on in the culture and needs to be involved in that because it's our, our role of being a citizen of the United States. I am absolutely with deep faith and conviction that God would love to have the fellowship of the next generation in his ear for this nation. Prayer always precedes and forwards any great move of God. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome to the Thought Factory Podcast, and thank you for choosing to listen in on the final episode of Season 4. This is our final episode. We are taking a break through the summer, and we will be back in the fall. But if you're going to miss us, decide to listen to any episode in the last four seasons. You can choose any one, and all of them will be accessible to you if you choose to do so. If you have not checked out the last episode, we discussed the topic of discipleship, going beyond just having a student believe in Jesus, but what does it look like to disciple them? And and how come it's so hard to disciple a student and have them have lasting faith that transforms their lives? We get back to the basics. We discuss it with our director of soul exercises, Lindsay Gorvet. Like I said, we are not going to have any more episodes to look forward to until the fall of 2018. So today we are discussing prayer with the president of National Day of Prayer, Ronnie Floyd. So we're going to jump into that interview right now. So we want to welcome a special guest today, Dr. Ronnie Floyd. And I'll call you doctor. How's that? And uh, I'll do what you want. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> become a great friend and uh, a mentor in many ways, and I've uh, been blessed to get to know him. He is a senior pastor of Cross Church. Which I believe you've been there about 32 years. Am I about right on that? Yeah, almost, almost 32. Almost That's 32 correct. 32 years. And amongst many books he's written and uh, incredible leadership positions he's held, I admire his faithfulness there to be in a congregation serving for that long. And um, typically, Jason, you come up with something uh, interesting about our guest, but I think today you got nothing. I have nothing because when I Googled Ronnie, um, Ronnie came up and <laughs> how boring is that? It was, it was actually really disappointing <laughs> that it was only him that came up. I, <laughs> I was hoping that there would be some other Ronnie out there that I could actually start asking you questions about. Um, my only thing that I came up with was, uh, in 20 seconds, name 20 titles of your books. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I can name I can name you the next one that's about to come out in June, uh, called Living Fit. 
All right. That, I, yeah. And the last one was called Forward. So, who, so uh, who is the author? The author is me, Ronnie Floyd. I am the author. <laughs> Good. Well, just, just to, to clarify. To get us kicked off, then, why don't, you, why don't you tell us one thing that most people don't know about you? That's, that you can't find on Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, you may not know this, or you may not find this, but I really wanted to be a college and professional football coach. That's really what I wanted to be before God changed my life. Any particular school? Oh, well, I grew up 90 miles out of Austin, so uh, in Texas, so I wanted to be the uh, head football coach one day at the University of Texas. And then, of course, graduate in the Dallas Cowboys and, um, you know, dominate life. But uh, <laughs> uh, the Lord redirected my path. And uh, and so I have a son that's a high school football coach and a son that's a preacher. So I had the best I had the best of both worlds, man. I can kind of live out my life. So I'm grateful. That's great. Do you have any connection now to the football team? Oh, well, I, we, we obviously have been very connected here at the University of Arkansas. I've been here so long. Um, you know, what's really amazing is the arch rival of the Arkansas Razorbacks at that time was the University of Texas where I was raised and um, close to there. And, uh, you know, obviously when I moved across the line, I had to realize uh, this was a different territory. And so it was a little tough the first couple of years when we played the University of Texas, uh, you know, not to go for them. But, hey, I go I go with the ones who pay me, and they were paying my salary. So, hey, I'm an Arkansas Razorback. You know? All right. Well, this podcast is really geared towards youth leaders, youth workers, parents. Uh, we are huge fans of student ministries. So I want to ask you, I want you to speak about your view of student ministries at your church. Well, we have been – Really, really committed to student ministry since the day I got here. We uh, we have a church with four different campuses, and uh, last year I think we, you know, we took just under a uh, thousand of our of our students to camp, and um, and so we will run a lot of folks every every week in student ministry on Wednesday nights as well as. Uh, on Sunday morning, we do a lot of discipleship groups in the home. We're highly involved in the campus, and uh, we have student pastors that are uh, not just a bunch of guys sitting in the office, but they're out there in the trenches with students and their families walking through student ministry. And when you when you really look at it, one of the great one of the great things I think that really ascends student ministry is when we realize that that ministry is not just simply to the student himself, but it's to the entire family. And students today need that desperately because many of them do not have what uh, what I had the privilege of growing up in, and that's a family with a father and a mother. And, um, and so I'm grateful that our church can provide that for, uh, you know, for the students in this region called Northwest Arkansas. So, we are passionate about next generation, and I appreciate hearing your your clear investment in student ministries in your church. Talk to us a little bit on a broader perspective. What's your outlook as you look across the church? You have a very broad view, and we're going to get into some of the things that you're doing on a national scale. 
here in a few minutes, but what's your outlook on the next generation in general? Do you have hope, despair? Are you encouraged, discouraged? What are you thinking about these days when you look at the next generation, particularly as we think about the next generation of the church? Overall, I'm encouraged, yet I'm concerned in and because I do not sense that their allegiance at times is to the Lord and to all of his church uh, versus just to the Lord and perhaps just student ministry or what affects their life. But the same concern would be for someone who is in senior adult ministry. So it's not like I'm picking on all the young, the young folks. Cause it's not, I mean, it's, it's just more about American mindset. How can the church help me the most? Um, but at the same time, I do believe that the thing that's so encouraging to me is that when these teenagers really get turned on, I mean, man, they really get turned on and, uh, to Christ. And I think that that's one of the similarities. I was, I came to Christ on the back end of the Jesus movement through student ministry. With that, I, I would say that I see teenagers today, um, that are really more like some of us were in my, in my older teenage years, who when they got, when they came to Christ and they had that experience with the Lord, I mean, it really transformed their life and it really radically transformed their future. And, um, you know, we, we will have many students every year that have surrendered their life to full-time gospel ministry. And, um, you know, we have structures and systems now to support that. And we believe that, and we're really grateful for it. Talk to us about prayer in your personal life and ministry. So in my high school years, after I came to the Lord, um, you know, I just developed the, the uh, commitment to doing that. When I went to college, it really deepened even more, um, learning various tools, not from the college itself, but from being exposed to people around uh, that I've met who were believers and, um, and really started going up in my spiritual life in a ministry of prayer. And so, you know, I can't even remember the last day, uh, Jason and Jeff, that, you know, I didn't meet with Christ first of the day. I made a strong commitment in, in that time of my life that I would always begin my day with God. And, uh, and while that could be deemed at a certain time, it's really the better way to look at us is simply whatever the time is, it's a matter of that it's a first priority in my life. And, and so that's what, I've, that's what I've run my life by. I've done it for decades now. And, um, and God has just really taken a lot of that and developed it deeply. Um, I don't believe you can talk about prayer alone without talking about the Bible, the place of the Word of God in the life of the believer. I've read through the Scripture uh, no less than one time ever since 1990, and uh, really grateful for the transforming power of God's Word in my own life and the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And when we couple the Word of God with prayer, I mean, we really see the prayer and the power of God ascended uh, into situations. That's such an inspiration. I want to encourage all of you listening that work with students to continue to remind them that that daily appointment with God is it is so critical and and I appreciate Ronnie your example knowing you personally 
knowing that you live that out, that your commitment to to being in God's Word, to being familiar with it, and in your conversations, I can tell everyone listening that it it just comes out. You can hear it, you can sense it, you know it, and we appreciate mm-hmm. that. And then recently, within the last year, something pretty major happened in your life, and, and on top of everything else you do, you became the president of the National Day of Prayer, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your vision for the National Day of Prayer. Well, thank you for asking that, and thank you for what you do with the National Day of Prayer, serving on our board, Jeff. And I I really deeply believe that we're here to help mobilize unified public prayer for America. And so that's really my ultimate commitment, is to find ways in how to do that, um, whatever whatever the situation may be. And I feel like that uh, while we have made some good advancements to that, uh, we have so far, so far to go. You know, each year, Jeff and Jason, since 1988, the National Day of Prayer has been designated as the first Thursday in May. And that that came out of a law that originated in 1952 that was unanimously amended by both the House and the Senate. Um, and then President Reagan signed it into order, into law, um, that the first Thursday of every May in America will always be deemed as the National Day of Prayer. I'm always quick to tell people that we don't need the law to to permit us to pray because we live in a great nation. But when the law is permitting us to pray, we need to celebrate it. We need to do everything we can to, to uh, maximize the opportunity and use the National Day of Prayer to bear forth a strong witness of the power of God through prayer. And so, you know, we will have thousands and thousands of gatherings all over the United States and even beyond in relationship on the National Day of Prayer and just really calling for people to pray for America. Our theme this year is the theme unity, that we are making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace and the Church of Jesus Christ, the teenage communities of Jesus Christ, the student ministries of Jesus Christ, regardless of denomination, need to come together in Jesus' name uh, to do everything they can to make a difference for Christ and to call upon God together. I told people, even today at lunch, I had lunch with uh, one of the founders uh, of a brand new app called Pray, Pray.com. And I was telling him, you know, I said, when it really comes down to it, that we should be able to unite with anyone who believes the Bible is the word of God, Jesus is the only way to salvation, and the hope of the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we must advance there. And if we believe those things, you know, everything else is secondary. I'm not minimizing that to churches or denominations, uh, but I am maximizing the power of God's word, the centrality and the exclusivity of Jesus Christ and the absolute necessity to take the gospel to the world. And so if we believe that, then guess what? We can come together multi-generationally. We can come together uh, through uh, people of all colors and, and uh, ethnicities, and that we can do everything we can to try to call out to God for America, uh, that God might in his amazing grace uh, perhaps even raise up the present student population of this country, like he has before in generations past, 
to experience the next great awakening in the United States. And that's that's one of the things I'm really excited about your vision in 2020, because I believe that God could use that to be one of those catalytic moments in human history. And I really believe that God wants to do something special. And anything I can do to help forward the work of God in this country or around the world, I want to do, Jeff and Jason, and that's my commitment. And that's exciting. We love your vision. It, it does. It, it aligns with ours and so many others that that we know and don't know out there. We believe that God does want to do something great, and we appreciate your support and encouragement when it comes to the vision for 2020. We talked about that a few weeks ago on this podcast. As this will air, next week uh, is the National Day of Prayer. And so talk to youth workers a little bit about their engagement in the National Day of Prayer. What can they do to get connected, to get engaged, to get involved? Well, first of all, you know, you might be able to go online to nationaldayofprayer.org and see some of the gatherings that might exist in your region. The National Day of Prayer is way above what we're able to record because it has such a massive reach throughout the United States. And in reality, a lot of folks don't even know that, quote, an organization exists to try to gather information at times and motivate people at times. And so, but I would urge them to look in uh, and to watch, look at the web, uh, look in some element of news in your region talk to spiritual leaders and find out where is a national day of prayer gathering uh, in my region, in my city. And if there's not one, create one. And if you say, well, my teenagers wouldn't go to that, then create one for teenagers. I mean, this isn't hard. I mean, the bottom line is, is that there's help and there's assistance about how to pray uh, in regard to America and we have a lot of that on the website. I will help in any way I can to forward that. And I really believe that one of the great things that can happen is that youth, youth workers do one of two things. Rally teenagers to a gathering near you and infiltrate it with life, with life. And when you go in the typical national day of prayer gathering across America, if you had 20 teenagers walk in with you, they would be amazed. And the power of that could send an enormous signal. Or do it this way, create your own. Find a way on campuses in your area and say, hey, you know what? I want you guys for 20 minutes, I hear three things I want you to pray about for our country and, uh, and hand it to them and say, I want you to find 10, 10 teenagers tomorrow, 20 teenagers tomorrow, on the National Day of Prayer, call a gathering like you do at Sea at the Pole or something else on that specific day, because that is like that is like the day when millions of Americans all across America will agree together uh, about the importance of prayer in America and pray for our country. And there's all kind of assistance being able to uh, is given to you online, and uh, you can also go on RonnieFloyd.com, and I've written a lot about it as well there as well as nationaldayofprayer.org, and uh, we will do everything we can to help you and equip you. And, and people might say, Jeff and Jason, well, golly, Ronnie, it's like, a, you know, next week is it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. It's not hard. I mean, we, we don't need to make this hard. The bottom line is you can go to God anytime, anywhere about anything. And I am absolutely, I am absolutely with deep, 
faith and conviction that God would love to have the fellowship of the next generation in his ear for this nation. So, Ronnie, being the president of National Day of Prayer, but also a pastor for 32 years of a church, an author of 20 books, another couple coming out soon, you obviously have a, a, a finger on the pulse of the spiritual climate of America. And mm-hmm. so what is the role of prayer in the spiritual climate of America? Well, I think historically, prayer has played a major part in this country, and thank God it has. And um, But I think also that we can play the biggest part uh, when we are able to just encourage people to look at what's happening in America, look at what's happening in the culture. I was telling someone yesterday, I interviewed uh, with Family Life Today, I was telling them that the, the, the cultural backdrop is, is friendly to us right now. I mean, there is a gloom and a blackness of despair and divisiveness and polarization in this country and, and the lack of security, not only in the schools, but in any public arena across this country, as well as in homes in certain situations and even businesses, that, that there is an incredible uncertainty right now. And what we can do as Christians is encourage people to call out to God in prayer. And that's why uh, that we do that. You know, I, I, I say this in, in, I say this humbly, not, not boastfully, uh, certainly not in a, in a, uh, in a way of condemnation, because I don't, I don't, that's not my road to condemn. Uh, and I love America. Jeff knows me. I, I, I am a, I am a, uh, a man who loves this country. Uh, but I love God more, and I love his church more, but I still love this nation, and I'm committed to this nation and uh, believe in this nation. But we also know this. America's broken. That division is undeniable. I mean, racial tension has been alarming over the last five years in this country. We're seeing it everywhere. Lawlessness is abounding. And there are certain days, as you well know, reconciliation between generations, ethnicities, even families, appears to be impossible. And I remind people everywhere I go, government cannot fix us. It has its place, but it cannot fix us. And politics, they can't heal us. And I believe every Christian should at least be aware of what's going on in the culture and needs to be involved in that because it's our, our role of being a citizen of the United States. But politics are not going to heal us. And the one thing I know that I know that I know, in my lifetime, I have never seen America at a place we are today. I mean, we need God more in America today than we have ever needed him before. And this is a time where the church, all generations, could literally become the voice for the Lord in this culture. And that's what I would really urge people to do and urge people to be. And that's, that's the power of prayer active in all kinds of ways across our country. So powerful, Ronnie. We appreciate your heart. Obviously, your passion, 
And we're grateful that uh, God has raised you up as uh, not only a local leader, but a national figure when it comes to prayer and when it comes to this church here in our nation. Would you give us some final thoughts about encouragement to youth workers? There are a lot of youth workers listening to this that are out there, and they're they're trying to do their part. Could you speak an encouraging mm-hmm. word to them? Well, first of all, you're, you're, you're in one of the greatest challenges of life as a leader, but you will never do anything more rewarding in your life than when you see a child's life, a teenager's life, a college student's life transformed by the gospel of Christ or by, by and through being discipled to become what God wants them to be. You know, when you look at it biblically and historically, Prayer always precedes and forwards any great move of God. And prayer always precedes and forwards the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world. And if you want to be used as a student worker to really advance the gospel in your town, in your city, in your county, then here's where it comes to. Prayer has to precede that. And when you pray, it shows you're totally dependent upon God. And when you don't pray, it shows you're depending on yourself. And I promise you, I know God can do more in a moment than I can ever do in a lifetime. Therefore, I need to call upon the Lord. And that's why I'm such a deep, deep, deep believer in the Lord. But I just want to tell you, you're you're in a fantastic opportunity to make a difference for Jesus. And you do everything you can with the time that God has given you to serve in the ministries that you serve in, uh, to do all you can to turn that next generation around for Christ. Those students are waiting for leadership. Many of them have never seen leadership. They've never experienced love. They've never experienced anything close to Jesus's love. And you have the answer. I mean, you have the answer. Christ is the answer. You, you have everything they need. And so I would urge you, live in the word of God, pray like it all depends on God, and get out here and put your life into teenagers and students like it all depends on you. And trust God for the, for the results and walk in it. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for your insight. Well, it's an honor to be with you guys, and if I can do anything in the world to help forward this vision in 2020, let me know. And if I can help any of these workers today uh, in any capacity to become what God wants them to be, I want to do everything I can to do it. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you, guys. The Lord bless you. You too. Keep up the great work. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.